you ever wished you could just grab coffee with a top leader in your direct sales company and pick her brain about all the things? Well, you're in luck. My name is Tiffany Spees. Welcome to Directly Different, the podcast where I have conversations with top direct sales leaders and ask them to share what they're doing differently to help them achieve success in their businesses. Direct sales doesn't have to feel spammy or gross. You can absolutely find success in your business by doing things a different way. I want you to feel empowered and inspired to be, well, different. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Directly Different. Today, I'm so excited to share with you my conversation with my friend, Karen Smith. She is a director with Lemongrass Spa. She is the founder of her very own coaching business, Pure Light Leadership. She is a podcast co-host of the new podcast, Brilliant Horizons, and she also has experience in both the corporate world as well as the direct sales industry. You will absolutely love the expertise that she brings to the show, and I know you'll find so much value in this episode. You definitely want to have a pen and paper ready. I was furiously scribbling notes as she was talking while we recorded the other day, and so I hope that you enjoyed enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed doing this with Karen, and she just has so much knowledge about money and wealth and how you can just allow that into your life. And it's, you know, often we make money such a negative, hard thing when it can actually be a positive and easy thing. And we have the ability to control it, the flow of it into our lives. And so I just loved what she had to say and just her perspective on money. So this episode, I love this because whether or not you're in the direct sales business, this is valuable information. So if you enjoy this episode, please share with a friend or family member. I would so appreciate that uh, and just get the word out about Karen and all of her services that she offers. Thank you so much for tuning in. I cannot wait to hear your takeaways from this episode. Hi, Karen. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. It is so great to see you and chat with you. Hello, Tiffany. It's my pleasure. It's so nice to be able to catch up with you and and, um, bring some great value to your listeners today. Yes, and you totally will because we are talking about the M word and that is money. (laughs) We're all scared of it. Well, we shouldn't be, but people are scared of it. Karen is going to give us so much knowledge about money. You guys will be so confident once you listen to this podcast episode. All right. So first of all, tell us about your family, your background, your, what are you up to? Tell us about it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So yeah, it's, um, so I guess I'll start with the, the obvious and the easy. Um, (laughs) I, uh, I live in the great state of, of Wyoming, and I come from a family of uh, farmers and ranchers, and so we are always busy with something. <laughs> we, we raise uh, Angus cattle and American bison, as well as wheat and hay, and we um, do grass-fed, grass-finished, and sell it direct at farmers markets in our local area here, so that definitely keeps everyone busy, and I have an identical twin sister, and she's just as entrepreneurial as I am, which is fun because we come from um, family backgrounds where business ownership and entrepreneurship is really 
uh, encouraged. Um, we have just as many people in our family that have worked for different uh, corporate offices. I, I took that route for about 20 years. I ended up as an executive for a large um, agricultural company. And about four years ago, just decided to head back into the world of entrepreneurialism and made the leap. <laughs> and part of that leap was direct sales. That's great. And you said that you come from a family of entrepreneurs and something that you told me while we were chatting, while we were getting ready for this episode is that you are related. Okay. You guys <laughs> hold on to your hats. She is related to distantly related to Elizabeth Ford of the Ford family, the Henry Ford family, <laughs> which is so mind boggling to me, especially because I'm from Michigan. And so the Fords, Henry Ford is a huge part of Michigan history. Well, the nation's history really. And so when she told me that I about, <laughs> I about fell out of my seat. I'm like, we are totally talking about this during your episode because that is so cool. And it just goes to show you that being an entrepreneur can run in your family, can totally do that. And Absolutely. as evidenced by Karen, she is a descendant of the Henry Ford family, which is just <laughs> so cool. Oh man, I'm not going to get over that. That's the coolest fact I've heard today. That's for sure. It is really fun. My great grandpa used to race some of his um, horse, ra his racing horses against Henry would bring new models out to the, his farm to there in Michigan to test out um, to see how they would go. And it's, it's really just a fun stories to hear. And, and of course, you know, I don't have any of the Ford money, but at least you have the, I think the point you bring up is so powerful is that particularly around money and business ownership and even things like direct sales. If you come from a family background where these things are promoted and you are taught really the American dream of being able to uh, control your own destiny, it really does change how you view things. It changes how you view money and also what you are actually able to believe you can create in your own space. Now, it's not to say that if you grew up with family lineage where you work for other people that you can't engage, that's the beautiful thing. And one of the best things about being an American is, is the ability every day to create yourself into what you have always dreamt of. And, but it's really that culture that you grow up in. And we'll talk a little bit that about that in a little bit around poverty consciousness versus prosperity consciousness too. Yes, it's so true. That is such a beautiful thought. So tell us about some of your accomplishments, you know, with your, with your coaching business and your, in your background with money and your desire to help people make more money. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, well, it, it started from, I think, being a small child and understanding that we all had the ability to really change what came into our lives. And because people tend to just think of wealth as, as physical money, and it, it actually is things like relationships, experiences, adventures, living out your life's calling. Um, and I always had this sense as a young child that it was an amazing opportunity to be able to create that for yourself. So um, I was homeschooled from third grade all the way through high school. It was a great option for our family. Um, I grew up in rural mountains of Colorado. And so you wouldn't necessarily always look around and say, wow, there's great economic prosperity here or opportunity. But again, uh, ended up going off to college. I have an undergraduate degree in agricultural economics and ag business and a minor in animal science. Um, I actually was going to be a veterinarian, but, uh, you know, God has a way of clearly opening your path to where 
you're going. And um, so I went to work for some big ag companies. I eventually earned a master's of business, so an MBA, and got a, some 22 great years of experience working in corporate America. I worked all over the globe um, on all kinds of different projects for anything from selling cattle and wheat and hay to um, corporate real estate, cold storage buildings, a little bit of everything, and leading teams on that piece. But then I realized that as much as I had learned in corporate, it was just well, let's be honest, I'm not a great role follower. <laughs> and I don't like con to be constrained. I like creativity and I like, um, I hate getting sucked into the office politics and that I saw a lot of ability for us to change people's lives, not being constrained by those corporate uh, rules that they have. So made the leap and started my coaching business. I had had it for, um, off and on throughout my corporate career. People would come to me about like, hey, you're really successful with this. Would you mentor me or would you coach me? Or what started it leading me more towards Dave Ramsey was I had taken his financial peace university, successfully gotten out of debt myself, started to build some wealth, saw the freedom that it gave me personally. But then I began to notice that my highest performing employees on my team were the ones who didn't have money worries. And my uh, folks that always had money worries were either struggling with work or they would not take on a risky project or they just didn't really create any new project or value. And so I started helping them with learning how to budget. And I was able to do that without seeing any of their personal numbers and watching them get out of debt or get some confidence back in their ability to manage their budget it was amazing how many more projects they would take on. It freed them up to sell with more confidence or they would um, take greater positions and then that added more value to the company. Well, their own personal growth would skyrocket so the company would benefit. And I began to see this really powerful connective piece of, wow, just someone being worried about their own home budget really transformed every choice that they made in their life. And that gave people freedom. Freedom is kind of my personal hallmark. I want everyone to have as much freedom as possible um, so that we can live out our God-given callings. So I began to put some of these things together or even as successful as I was, I realized that I was capable of a lot more. And then I got a chance to become an entrepreneur. I decided I wanted to become a Dave Ramsey master financial coach. So went to Nashville um, for Dave's training, got trained by Dave and Chris and his staff and that was really cool. But I also realized that there was this huge piece missing with um, how people responded. So Dave's seven baby steps are still some of the best practical money advice I've ever run into. And for those of you who are in the program or haven't taken it yet, run towards it, embrace it fully. It's awesome. But I knew from dealing with um, large amounts of money, like the largest budget I managed in corporate was half a billion dollars. So a lot of um, cash flow and a lot of money. And I saw the good that we created with that. So I was like, well, how do we level people up in their own life? So where they're not just bringing in, say, I think the average U.S. salary right now is around 55000 Like, how can we get people to 100 and then to a million? I mean, anything's possible here in the U.S. So I needed some more. I knew I needed some deeper training. So I went through the Proctor Gallagher Institute's um, year-long coaching program. Uh, for those of you, maybe check out Bob Proctor. He's actually the, the center focus figure of the movie The Secret. And he taught me about how we around really how money works and the energy of money and how to combine that 
um, with manifesting and manifesting is just the word for something physically showing up in your life. Um, so don't get, it's not some kind of new age word. It's just, it's, this is how it showed up. But, um, so I went through that and then, um, started my own business, pure light leadership. And so we focus on the areas of leadership and mindset, um, building wealth and abundance. And again, wealth isn't just paper money. It's your relationships. It's your adventures. It's living out your calling. And then I also specialize in removing the energetic blocks around abundance and your goals. So maybe you have a big goal that you're working on. We can actually figure out what's holding you back or blocking you up. And then that'll free you to go forward and live out your callings. Like you said, freedom, that's your... That's your that key word. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. So good. you are also involved with a direct sales company and well, of course, Lemongrass Spa, our favorite. <laughs> and that's how we met. Yes. And that's how we met, which has been so great. And um, so you joined, so you left corporate America, you left your corporate right. job. You said, Hey, I need, I need some, I need more creativity in my life and I want to create wealth my own way. And so you decided to join a direct sales company. So what was your thought on, actually, you said that you, we had talked before and you mentioned that you, this, I think this is so neat because you joined a direct sales company back, uh, years and years ago and 20, 22 years ago. Yes. Yes. And what was so cool about that is you told me that you joined because you wanted to make enough money to purchase plane tickets to go visit your family across the country. And you did that and you got the money that you needed for the plane tickets and you did what you wanted. And then you, then you said, I had no, my why was, was fulfilled. So I was done. And so I thought that was so cool that when you, you created a why you had a why you joined and you had that in your mind, you work towards that goal and then you accomplish that. So you're like, all right, that's good. (laughs) Kind of like you wrap it up. Like that's (laughs) tie the bow. It's done. And so you years, like you said, 20 years later, you joined lemongrass spa. What did you, how did you find lemongrass spa and how did you, why did you decide to join that particular company? It's a great question. And you know, that's one thing that I particularly like about direct sales companies as a money coach is that when you have a strong enough why, you can actually make some really decent money and you can either stick with it um, as a lifelong career or you can use it for a temporary piece. I have a lot of my clients who are paying um, off loans that um, they love to go earn some extra money from direct sales because it's one of the things that you have the actual ability to influence what you earn every month. I remember working in corporate, there was one year where I brought in about $40 million in revenue, just myself and my raise that year was a thousand dollars. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm not like, <laughs> I should have gotten like a million dollar raise, not, not a thousand dollar raise. And um, so I, I did. And you're right. Like my why was accomplished. And so I left that particular company because not because anything was bad or wrong. It was just my why was fulfilled and it was time to move on. So um, when I left corporate, um, I left um, somewhat suddenly. The division that I had been leading um, was actually really organized into a completely different uh, situation. And many of us who um, were at the top were fanned out into different areas. And I just knew, you know, sometimes God just calls you and you just knew, no, it's time to go leap. And for me, what I really liked about direct sales is it would give me a bridge to create some income while I was building my coaching business and doing some other things. So um, I found Lemongrass through a longtime friend of mine, Tamara Barons, and 
we had grown up together in the mountains of Estes and near Estes Park and she loved all things natural. I loved all things natural. I'd been making a lot of my own products, but frankly, I was just getting tired of it or I couldn't find, I could make soap and lotion, but I couldn't make clean makeup or uh, shampoos or things like that. And so when Tamara introduced me to Lemongrass Spa, I was so impressed with the quality of the ingredients. They truly were natural and the affordability of things because I'm a huge value shopper. So I will spend the money on something as long as I know the results are going to be in proportion of that. So I don't mind paying $100 for something if I get $1,000 results, but I didn't want to be paying thousands of dollars for skincare and I wanted something that was handmade. And of course, at the time it was all being made in Colorado and it still is all handmade in the US. But so that's what kind of led me to that. Um, I never anticipated being as successful as I have been. I, I really didn't understand the power and opportunities that direct sales had because they tend to either be maligned um, or they're like, oh, is that one of those MLMs or pyramid schemes? And let me tell you, Tiffany, you want to see a pyramid scheme? Corporate America is a pyramid scheme. <laughs> Amen. Let me tell you. <laughs> Amen. I agree. That is always my thought. I'm like, how is this any, I don't know. Yeah. Don't get me started. This is why we're all here <laughs> because I want to change this thought towards direct sales because you're right. It is such a wonderful avenue of making, whether, like you said, whether it's just side money to pay off a temporary debt or just something quick, like plane tickets, or whether it's a long-time career, it's, it's just such a viable option. Work from it home, is. flexible schedule, great, decent money, you know? Yeah. So I it totally, is. yeah. And amen. I totally agree with that. Corporate America is. is the real scam. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I mean, it sort is of. A scam. <laughs> Let me tell you, it absolutely is. But, um, and I can say that having worked in there for 22 years. So I've, I've seen the ins and the outs on that particular piece. And not that I didn't earn a lot of money there and had a lot of benefits as well. So I, I am grateful for those pieces. But I think to what people have to remember with direct sales is that you have to do your research. Like you have to pick something that you're passionately in love with. You also need to check out the financial status of the company. That was another thing why I chose Lemongrass was I liked how the owners were managing it being debt-free. They were growing at a, at a sustainable pace, um, but they were growing. Um, they were making forward looking decisions in terms of anticipating warehouse needs or uh, moving across the country because it better served the distribution um, to customers. And well, no, no company is perfect. You just have to find the one that you best align with. And I think what trips people up about direct sales is, is they forget that direct sales actually is a huge trigger of personal growth and people get in and they don't want to do the personal work around themselves. So if you say, oh, well, I can't sell to anyone. Well, that's a really limiting um, poverty consciousness that you have around money and no direct sales company even if they handed you a thousand customers on a platter could ever fix that for you. That's internal work. And that's why people give up on direct sales and they don't do the work. The people who are generally successful at direct sales and direct sales is different than MLMs um, is that they've done the work or when they go through ups and downs, they realize like, wow, what's my part in this? And they don't just blame the company or the products. They say, you know what? I'm not successful this month because, oh gosh, I didn't, I didn't contact anyone. I didn't have any get togethers. I didn't make any posts on Facebook. I didn't follow up with any customers. And so 
um, you have to be willing to look at yourself and be willing to grow. It's also why I always recommend direct sales companies to any of my clients who just want to simply grow their leadership skills because leadership is all about personal growth. And if you want to get better at leadership, go work in a direct sales company. <laughs> That's right. Because whether you're in a leadership position or not, like you said, you are growing your personal growth or you're growing your personal, your personal skills at, and you can be a leader of one person. You can be a leader of yourself and it doesn't have to be a huge team. You don't have to be, to, to be considered a leader and to grow as a leader and develop sure. leadership skills. You don't need that team of you know, 50,000 people. Like that's not, that's not right. everybody has that. So you, that's so true. And something that you mentioned to me while we were working on this episode was that you, one of the side benefits of being in direct sales is, and being part of a good direct sales company is that we have access to incredible coaching, uh, usually for free, um, if not for very discounted, depending on, you know, we sometimes are offered discounts through external trainers, but even within the company, there's, there's somebody that's on usually typically on the home office staff that is there to coach you and help you and train you. And so you are not doing this alone. You have that backup. And you, you mentioned to me that even if it was, that's the reason that you would stay alone is just the factor that you have that the ability to tap into that coaching and that personal growth factor. And that's just so valuable to anybody, anybody really. Right. It really is huge. And, and it's interesting because when I first left corporate, I was successful at managing corporate businesses, but I had never run a direct sales company or um, a business of my own. So I really didn't even know how they worked um, or how you made money at them. And I was very fortunate. Um, I had a great coach at the company we were with and she taught me how to do the business. And so I would have these monthly sessions with her. She saw that I was motivated and I was willing to do the work. That's the other half of a great coaching. You have to be willing to do the work. Um, and so she was teaching me and consequently, you know, I've been able to promote in leadership. I've earned three amazing spa trips and really was able to create enough income where I could pay my monthly bills while I was building my coaching company and not have to work with that. And that's really valuable to people. Like I always tell people, you should have multiple sources of income. So even if you have a corporate career or you are um, a stay-at-home mom, which is a hugely important job and that you unfortunately don't see many dollars with, but I think they said the, the average salary of a stay-at-home mom would be something like $250,000 a year if you actually paid her for everything she did. Um, <laughs> Tiffany is not on the floor here. <laughs> no. Um, and, it's, and that's one thing that I want to point out about money is that so many times we only think about the paper dollars that come to us, but you can actually trade for value or you can create value or like in your case, if with you being home, there are certain things that you are able to do that save your family money, but you're also working your direct sales. So you're both saving money and making money. And you also have the ability to increase that or decrease that. And that's what I personally like about it too. If I have a goal I'm trying to hit or say an unexpected bill pops up like the other day, I needed some tires for my truck and tires are not cheap. I don't know how much they are in Michigan, but they're not cheap in Wyoming. And you know, knowing what that was, okay, I'm like, all right, I know the corresponding work I have to go to do to earn that. And that's so freeing to know that you can just go do that. Whereas in corporate, you're like, well, I hope I get a raise. Or I think about how many years I went two or three years without getting a raise. 
not even for cost of living. And, and there's a lot of people this year who've lost jobs because of COVID or um, un economic uncertainty. And rather than feeling frustrated about that, give thanks for the gift that that is and look for a higher perspective of saying, okay, maybe I can't work at the job that I had. What new doors are opening to me to be able to create another stream of income. And even for those out there who might be listening, maybe you're in corporate America and you make a really good salary and you have great um, benefits and things like that. Maybe you have debt that you wanna pay off faster or you wanna earn uh, money for vacations or maybe there's just that chance that someday the corporate gig might go away, I've been there, done that. Um, <laughs> knowing that I knew how to make money, I wasn't worried when I left corporate, I knew not only do we live in the uh, have the blessing of living in the greatest nation in the world where we can remake ourselves every day but i knew that i had it within myself to do that and every one of us has it in us it's that's a god-given thing not something that comes from your parents or anything else what happens is we have paradigms which is a belief that we hold so deeply and sometimes those are created by the family that we grew up or the culture that we're in um, or even the belief about ourselves that we don't think that we can create that that it's somebody else's job to create a job for us and the reality is it's not and you will never accelerate your financial growth until you realize that that is with back within your control and it doesn't matter who's president it doesn't matter how the economy's doing it doesn't matter any of those things money follows a set of natural laws that once you know about and you can leverage work beautifully and direct sales works very well within those natural laws you mentioned a little while ago about poverty mindset and scarcity mindset. Will you talk a little bit more, a little bit more about that? I know that's something that a lot of people struggle with and maybe they don't realize it, but a lot of people struggle with that. So tell us what is poverty and scarcity mindset? Will you tell us what, what that is? Absolutely. And this is one of the very best things that you can do in your own life that will accelerate your own uh, financial abundance is looking at your mindset. So a poverty or scarcity mindset believes that there is not enough of anything, not enough financial money, there's not enough time, there's not enough opportunities, there's not enough of anything. Um, you basically might hear yourself saying, well, if I only could, or you find yourself being jealous of someone else's success because subconsciously you believe in order for them to be successful, they had to take something from you. And this unfortunately has become really rampant in our society. And we think that, oh, well, take from the rich to give to the poor because we somehow believe that poor people became poor because the rich somehow took from them. Now, I'm not talking about um, people who truly are doing very unjust things uh, legally, financially, I'm not talking about that. The thing is, is that you cannot bring up anyone's wealth and abundance by looking at their stuff and coveting it or being jealous. Like you already have the ability inside yourself to create great wealth. It's just whether or not someone's showed you how to do that or whether maybe you come from a culture where you just don't believe that's possible. How many times have you heard someone say, oh, those rich people, or, well, I don't ever have enough, or the big fella's got all the money, or just anything negative about money. And what I would give you guys just a, an assignment this week, just catch yourself whenever you hear a news story, or you think about your own finances, or anything about money. Is it positive or is it negative? 
Uh, when you hear about someone maybe you're already in direct sales and you hear about another person on your team who's super successful, are you excited for them and do you celebrate or are you like, man, I wish I could be like her? You know, that's a difference between a scarcity mindset. It's anything negative about money or somehow feeling a sense of lack. What is so beautiful about abundance is there is no poverty in God. And God is the one who created our world and all abundance. And so whatever you need is available. It's either you don't know where to look for it, you and that's what we call the power of your awareness. So it's like being a teenager not knowing how to make enough money to put gas in your car. Or maybe it's being um, a married couple who wants to purchase their first home and yet you're not quite sure of the how. What happens is we get stuck in this how or because we can't figure it out, we think there is no abundance. And the reality is, is God creates the abundance. And so you can have a ton of wealth and someone else can have a ton of wealth. There is no limit on that. The limits come from our own thinking and our own brains. Now you might have to replay this segment a couple of times, but if the one thing you hear about this entire episode is that there is no poverty in God. So if you find yourself thinking in poverty, living in poverty, and you can have a lot of financial wealth and be very poor in a lot of other ways. Because again, wealth is not just the physical money in your account. This is the depth of your relationships, um, the work that you do. Are you living out your life's calling? Like, no kidding. Or are you just working at a job that just like, well, I've got bills to pay? Or how many of you are taking a certain job that you kind of hate, but because you have student loan payments? So anything you think negatively about money, that feeds that scarcity mindset. And what happens is, is every thought that we hold has um, a component of energy, just like um, when you think about someone who's Sally Sunshine or Debbie Downer. If you are negative about certain things, you're going to attract more uh, physical things. It's like a magnet. This is just how it works. Um, if you have the ability to say, you know, today's a new day, um, I'm looking for a new opportunity, or you get off a sales call, maybe they didn't purchase and you're like, well, I had one more chance to share with them about things that can help them, or there's going to be another customer. Start really changing how you see things. And anytime you see somebody winning with money, celebrate with them and give thanks with that. Or even when you pay your bills, um, write thank you in the memo line. So think about this, how, which bill do you dread most paying? Maybe it's your huge phone bill. And instead of grumbling about that, as you're writing it out, just say, thank you for the ability to use all the amazing features and benefits of this phone. Because our lives, if you didn't have your phone, you couldn't make sales calls, you couldn't call your mom, your grandma, your dad, your favorite friend, you couldn't look for business opportunities, you wouldn't be on Facebook, you might not even be listening to our podcast. That's right. Um, <laughs> so, you know, stop seeing this as, as something bad in your life, give gratitude for it. Now, it doesn't mean you can't do practical things like, are you really getting, do you really have the best plan for the money? You still have to do the practical pieces, but the more that you give thanks for all of the things that are in your life, that level of gratitude um, will actually begin to bring more things into your life to be thankful for. It's the same thing of if you are always complaining about money, 
basically you will always have more things to complain about money. Mm -hmm. It's just the way it works. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so really watch your words, speak life over your money. Um, uh, when you're on your way to work, just give thanks that you have work for your hands to do. Give thanks for the opportunities that are going to come that day. And it's amazing how, particularly in direct sales, if you just start the day saying, I'm so happy and grateful for every opportunity to earn abundance that comes my way. It is amazing how those things will begin to start being drawn to you, but you have to be open to it. And it is never ceases to amaze me about how many people say they want to be wealthy and they are completely close to wealth. <laughs> yeah, we don't want that. <laughs> and like you said, having this mindset is is not doing the work of creating the wealth or even the abundance mindset for you. It is not, you know, that's, it's not a magic wand that's going to bring money to you, you know, magically. It is the beginning of you opening your mind and your heart to those opportunities and, and that mindset that you're going to be more open and you're going to see that positivity and you're going to see those opportunities versus having an opposite mindset and then seeing all that negativity. And so, like you said, there's a lot of work that goes behind it, but if you start with that mindset, you're going to make your job so much easier. <laughs> it really is. And the power combo is the mindset. And then you pair that with what um, I call inspired action. So first you have to believe it's possible. And what we forget is that everything is created twice first in your mind, and then in the physical realm. So how many times have you thought, oh, I have this great idea. I'm going to build a sandbox for my kids. Well, you created the idea of the sandbox. And now if you stop yourself and say, maybe I don't know how to build a sandbox for my kids, but you can first say, you know what, but somebody does. And you begin to then say, okay, well, what would my next step be? And what we forget is when you hold the right mindset, doors begin to open. It might only be the next step. And that's often what we're given um, because we can't see the whole staircase. Um, Martin Luther King Jr. has a beautiful quote that I love that says, just, you don't have to see the whole staircase to take the first step, just take that. Then by taking that inspired action, it reaffirms that your mind, set is correct, which then leads to better mindset, which leads to more action and opportunities. And then you begin to get in this cycle. Um, you often hear people say, well, or how many times have you said about someone, man, that guy just has all the luck or everything he touches seems to turn to gold. We've all said that about someone. And the reality is, is they're just in harmony with how the natural laws of money work and they believe in the opportunities. And it doesn't matter whether they have an MBA or they have no formal education. And that's another great thing is, is that you don't have to have a formal education to understand the natural laws of money and employ them in your own life, which is, I think, completely awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And a lot of times when we say that about somebody, we have no clue about the work that has gone on behind right. the scenes. We only see that surface level you know, luck or success. And we're like, wow, like we've only been, you know, watching them for, you know, a year and we're like, wow, how they've risen to fame or whatever. But we haven't seen that they've worked behind the scenes for 15 to 20 years building whatever that it is that they're building. And so 
Yeah. A lot of times we, we forget that there's so much work behind the scenes and maybe we're just at that beginning stages. And so someday maybe someone will say that about us. Like, wow, look what they've built. Well, <laughs> it was a lot of blood, sweat and tears and a, and a mindset that they could do it. So I love that. Now tell us more about, you've mentioned the natural laws of money. Will you share with people what, what are the natural laws of money? If someone's listening and they have never heard of that before. Oh, these are the most life-changing things you've ever heard. I discovered these for myself about five or six years ago. And the first time I read through them, I just almost wept with joy and, and just gave gratitude to God that these are available to us. So these um, are created by God. You'll actually see them throughout scripture. Um, the good thing is, is you don't have to be a religious person to have these work. Um, they work for anyone. So, <laughs> um, but for me as a believer, I particularly like them because they are created by God. They are evident throughout the um, scripture and in how we're to live our lives. The other thing is, is that they're pretty simple and direct. Um, now, doesn't mean they're always easy. Like if you have been operating opposite of the laws, you can sometimes be in quite a pickle. And so there sometimes can be some relearning. So I'll just mention two of my favorite ones that I think will add the most value to our, our um, amazing audience. And by the way, thanks guys for being here. I'm so glad you've chosen to listen to Tiffany. She's amazing. Um, and my two of my favorite ones are the first one is the natural law of giving and receiving. So everything in nature is a balance. So there's always a front and a back, um, a light and a dark giving and receiving. And many of the people in direct sales, and this is one of my favorite things about people in direct sales is they're incredibly generous. They're some of the most generous people I've ever met. And they are really always wanting to bless people. So they give away products, they do fundraisers, they, um, they really bless people with that. But on the other side of that, many of those same people do not allow themselves to receive the financial abundance that comes back from being so generous. And they might block themselves from receiving a hostess who wants to have a party or um, from promoting to leadership where there's a greater income plan. And you know, scripture, Luke 6:38 says, give and it shall be given unto you, pressed down and measured, poured out. And so what I want people to understand about the natural law of giving is, is that when you're in harmony with it, and again, you don't just give to receive, but when you understand that they work in components, you have to be saying, okay, well, maybe I'm giving of my time and my energy and my finances, just be ready to receive back into your life. And so many people have a poverty consciousness around receiving. Well, you're never going to be wealthy. And by the way, it's not a bad thing to be wealthy. Think about how many more people you can bless. Um, this one thing we talk about it with being a Dave Ramsey coach, like you, the whole point of like getting out of debt is so that you can go and be generous and give to people. Um, so there's, there's nothing bad about being wealthy. So be ready to receive. Like if you are giving, um, be ready to receive and ask yourself, what am I really willing to do that? Like when someone says to you, hey, how can I help you? Do you actually say, gosh, could you take the kids for a night? Or, you know, be willing to do that. Also, don't just give everything away for free to people. That technically is not giving. That is um, trying to fulfill an emptiness inside yourself. When we take away a person's ability to 
pay for something or to engage in something, you actually rob them of their own ability to engage in blessing and receiving. Same thing for you. Maybe you need a little help and somebody comes to you and wants to help you and you reject it. You are then in violation of the natural law of giving and receiving. But this is a beautiful law. Um, I teach this class on the natural laws um, uh, and um, it's just an amazing concept. It's really awesome. And then the second law I want to talk about is the law of compensation. And this is one of the key pieces of how we make money. So we talked earlier a little bit about Henry Ford. And when Henry Ford created the automobile, his goal was to have one for every family in America. And it completely transformed how our entire world works. I mean, we went from horse and buggy to like Ferraris. <laughs> and you, I mean, it's pretty amazing, right, Tiffany? I mean, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it changed whole communities. Like you live in Michigan and whole economies of states were built around the transformation of this, all because one man had an idea. And remember, everything's created twice. So we had the idea first. Then he began to work on how do we get this? Um, how do we make this happen? And there's three rules with the law of compensation and this works with any business. Um, so you can be selling bananas, you can be selling um, lemongrass spa, you can be working in corporate America, you can be doing whatever it is, but if you, there's three pieces. So the first one is um, the need for what you do. So do you think there was a need for cars? There absolutely was. Um, so if you're producing something that somebody doesn't necessarily really need, you this might be lower on the scale. So just be aware of that. Um, the second one is your ability to do it. So you don't get to be an engineer at Ford unless you've proven that you're pretty darn good at being a car engineer or a car designer. Um, and then the third rule is the difficulty in replacing you. Do you think it was pretty difficult to replace Henry Ford? It really is. Or think about if you work at a corporate job or even in your own family, who is the family member or the employee on your staff that if everything else went away was the one person that you know your business could not operate without? I would say it's me yeah. <laughs> in our family. <laughs> I actually just told my, I told my husband that the other day. I'm like, what would you do if something happened to me? Like, <laughs> Well, how, will my, I don't know. Like, will my, will my kids make it? I'm not sure. Will they get to school? Like, will, <laughs> they would be uh, absolutely fine, but I, I yeah, will be would. very confident and say that in our family, it's me. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, honey. <laughs> well, I love you, true. honey. We are a team. We work so well together. We have, you know, things that are strengths and weaknesses, but I will, I will go out on a limb and say like, if, if I cease to exist, I, yeah. I, I feel well, for my children. <laughs> Yeah, at your back, Tiffany. We'll make sure the Brad's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Everybody check out my husband. If something happens to me, check out my husband and my it kids. <laughs> well, or if I think about like a grocery store. Sometimes we think the most important person in the grocery store would maybe be the manager or the, the ladies and gentlemen who are checking you out. But you know what? What about the stalker? Mm -hmm. If he didn't put the stock out on the shelves, you wouldn't have anything to buy. Or what about the grocery buyer who might work in a back corner office and looks at the numbers and said, yeah, last week we sold, you know, 400 packages of carrots. I better order another 400. And so a lot of times the person who is the most valuable, we don't always recognize. Um, but again, so you say, well, how do I apply the law of compensation to my direct sales business? Well, 
look at the products you offer. So like with Lemongrass Spa, what's wonderful is that they're consumable. So people use up lotion. It makes a difference in their skin. So there's an obvious need for uh, the products that we have. Uh, we have stuff for babies and men and uh, makeup and essential oils and lotions. There's a need for the products that we offer. And then also our ability to do it. And this is the beautiful piece of you get to improve this every single day. So if you're just new to direct sales and maybe you don't know your product line very well yet, um, maybe just take 15 minutes a day. This is what I did. Whenever I start a new business, I spend the majority of my time either learning about the business and in the case of Lemongrass Spa, I just spend 30 minutes every day either learning how to do some form of the business, like how to do parties or make sales calls. And then I spend another 15 minutes just studying the ingredients and the products. And, oh, well, what do I use for eczema or what do I use for wrinkles or whatever? And every day I got a little smarter and it built my confidence, which means it also greatly enhanced my ability to serve my customer. So when a customer would stop me at church and say, oh, I got this eczema, what should I use for it? I didn't have to be like, oh, uh, what do I do? It was more like, well, you know, I've got a couple of options for you. Would you let me put an idea together and I'll text it to you or, or do you want me to call? Um, same thing with your customer follow-ups. Um, Tiffany and I were talking about this. We love to buy from direct sales companies because they have some really innovative products. And I've bought from maybe six or seven different companies in the last year. But you know what? Only one of those people has followed, actually followed up with me. And I'm thinking, man, how many people have I missed following up with? And just that piece, that ability to follow up, it's also an abundance block. How many times do we not follow up with someone, not to see how delighted they are with their products, but because we're scared they might want us, they might not be happy. Well, the reality is, is you can't control another person's happiness and you do have ways to help solve their problem. But we're so scared of the 0.00001% of something that might happen that we give up all the abundance that comes from serving the person. Again, you're giving if service to someone and then receiving back reorders. And so we violate the law of compensation by not following up, which means that money does not come to us. Mm -hmm. And we begin to realize like, oh, <laughs> I really, if I'm in harmony with this, things begin to happen. You know, it's same when I'm working with coaching clients. I have to first add incredible value to their lives, help them change their budgets, work on their callings, figure that out. And as they continue to grow in that, they most likely will book multiple sessions in the future, or they might hire me to coach a sales team or something else like that. But you have to keep getting better. And that is such a blessing to do. Like, it doesn't mean you're not good enough. Um, it doesn't mean that you can't do this. It's just saying you have a choice. And one of the most amazing ways of abundance is knowing you have a choice. No one can ever take that from you. But again, ask yourself, how many times have you given away your choice to somebody smarter than you, older than you, um, who you perceive to be in leadership or this or that, or even many of us with the election results, we all of a sudden are like, oh, well, man, my future just sucks now because this didn't happen. And it's like, stop doing that. The natural laws of money work in the same harmony, regardless of who's president. You can still be wealthy, whether it's um, one president or the not. That's just up to you. It's wealth is a choice. 
Mm -hmm. And going back to the follow-up thing, a lot of times too, we don't like to, and this is just a specific example, but it can be applied to a lot of things, but we don't like to follow up with customers or we're scared to, because we don't want people to think that we're pushy or we want them to purchase more that we're just asking them how they like their products because we want, you know, we're trying to get them to, to buy more. And I think that's something that people need to get over too. And same thing with asking people to join your team. Or, mm -hmm. I mean, even just offering the business opportunity in general, uh, we just are so scared of being pushy. And I think it goes back to, we're scared, you know, and you've, you've talked about this, even, um, Karen was, a she did a special session at a conference a couple years ago about money and how we are, we are almost frightened to make money because of, we think it's a negative thing to make money. Right. And we, you know, tell us a little bit about what you see indirect sales with women in direct sales, like why, why do you think we are scared of making money? Why do you think we're embarrassed or ashamed of that? Yeah, it's a really good, um, really good question. And it's something that tugs at my heart all the time because, you know, I grew up um, in a very strong, deep Christian faith. And obviously we're always taught about, you know, the, the scripture verse that says the love of money is the root of all evil. And you know, God doesn't want us to only be focused on money. Um, it's out of, when it's out of alignment, just like anything, if you're not in alignment with your spouse or uh, anything, you know, like maybe you're not taking care of your physical health. Anytime you're out of alignment, that doesn't feel good. But um, I think we're also taught that it's better to give than it is to receive. Well, it is beautiful to give, but again, remember the law of giving and receiving, everything is done in balance and harmony. Um, the other piece is that sometimes we think we don't have enough education or again, we have that scarcity mindset that if I am doing well in my direct sales business, I must have somehow taken from someone else. And remember a sales engagement is really just a contract with two people who have agreed to exchange one form of value for another form. So for your example, Tiffany, you come to me and say, hey, I've got this beautiful healing elements balm for your eczema or your boo-boos or whatever. And I am holding $25. And I think that getting rid of my eczema would feel better than holding on to these $25. I am willing to trade my value of $25 for the value of what is in that tub. That's the piece around sales that we miss. Sales is actually service to other people. And it is one of the highest forms of service that you can engage in. Now, I'm not talking about the yucky car salesman that we all know is a bad example. I want you to think about the person who has added tremendous value to you through sales. For those of you who are, who are married, you had to pick out an engagement ring. You know, that's a pretty amazing uh, thing. And how many engagement rings do you buy in your lifetime? Not very many, <laughs> you know. Hopefully or, not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're hoping for just one. But yeah. um, or think about when you purchased your first home or a home. That was a sales function. Or think about um, something of great value that was brought to you because someone did share with you that way. And that's, again, first looking at how do we be of service to others? Staying in that service mindset helps the get rid of the ick factor around money. Um, the other thing is, is it's not about you. If you are in the, in the frame of mind, like, I don't want to be pushing, you're still thinking more about yourself than the other person. And you actually are violating that natural law of giving and receiving. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've met with someone 
and I'd been scared to offer them the business opportunity. And yet they've said to me, I have been praying for an opportunity to earn some money so I could get out of an abusive relationship, like leave, or I really need this bill came up, like my son needed a emergency dental procedure and we didn't have the money, or I don't want to leave my babies with someone else. I want to be a mama and have my children with me, or we want to homeschool our kids instead of having me work here or whatever. You don't ever know what that person is, is been praying about or wishing. And even one of the statistics that we see at Dave Ramsey is that most, many Americans are 100 to $500 away from going completely broke every month. And so when you have an opportunity where people can consistently make that money and you don't share it with someone, I don't really believe you're that giving of a person. Now you can work on your method and your approach. Remember the law of compensation, your ability to do it. So yeah, you don't want to just go like throw up on them. We're like, Oh, I've got this. And that's what ends up happening. I think with a lot of direct sales is that we're just not very sophisticated in how we present it. But, and we also have to remember by the national sales statistics, it takes between eight and nine contacts with someone to actually get someone to either purchase or engage. So don't stop talking about the benefits um, of the companies that you work with. Don't um, stop presenting the opportunity. You might have to learn how to finesse that a little bit. You might have to improve your listening skills. You might actually have to understand like maybe the timing isn't right in someone's life and maybe it is. Um, it took me three three years. Tamara had been asking me for three straight years to join Lemongrass. She saw my potential. I didn't because I was so busy with my corporate job that I was like, whatever. Um, and a lot of it was, I didn't understand the earning power of it or um, also how much fun it's been or how many leadership opportunities are there. And so whenever I find myself saying, oh, I can't ask that person or whatever, I've just learned to quiet my mind down and I prefer prayer and meditation. That's just my personal way. You can do whatever works for you. Um, and I'll just start and say, Lord, who do, can I be of service to? This is my favorite question. I love to people to say just to someone, how can I be of service to you today? It, and then it's all on them to tell you what they need. It's not you hawking a product. It's not you hawking the business opportunity. It's just saying, how can I be of service to you today? And I'll just start praying. And sometimes God will bring me um, a name. I had a beautiful example a couple of weeks ago that we talked about on our podcast um, where I had been praying and God just brought this lady, one of my hosts name to me. And I thought, wow, she never really expressed that much interest in it, but okay, God, like I'll reach out. And so I just reached out in a really general, gentle manner to say, Hey, how's it going? I haven't talked to you since Christmas and whatever. And, and her response to me not an hour later was, Oh my gosh. She's like, I had a dream about lemongrass last night. And then my husband and I were praying about it today. And then you just, I got your email out of the blue. She's like, I think I need to do this. <laughs> and so don't take those prompts away. Well, of course, then very naturally things came together and were able to bless her with that business. But it's, and, and you're going to have some people who say no and some people who say yes. But again, your only job is to make it available. I mean, think about when you go in the grocery store, why are the grocery stores packed full of options. 
like nobody meets you at the door and says, mm, you got yoga pants on today and you clearly haven't washed your hair in four days and you have three screaming kids in your cart. Yeah, I don't, um, the wine section is open and the chocolate section is open, but we're not going to offer you bananas. <laughs> you, know? you don't deserve you know? those today. <gasps> exactly. No, they open the door. In fact, the door is automatic. It opens for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you are presented with this dazzling display and you very freely spend whatever money and probably a lot more as you walk through that. So think about that with your direct sales business, like open the door for people, allow them to see what's possible, answer any questions, and then just pray and ask God for help. You'll know um, when the right people are there and then allow them to come because it's the right thing for them. But also remember somebody told you, Like, what if Tamara hadn't been Mm -hmm. persistent in just reminding me, like, this is available to you. You can even earn it for free because your hostess credits are such and such. Or, um, you know, she just was persistent in reminding me what was possible. And then when I finally had a big wake up call, sometimes I'm a little slow about that. (laughs) I'm trying to speed that up now. We all, Um, we're all like that. God's like, hey, I'm knocked on your stubborn head like 50 times. I'm going to get it this time. Um, you know, I finally said yes. And yet I still find myself at times having limiting beliefs around, oh, that person won't want to do it. Or I'm not as good a leader as I think I should. Or, well, maybe I was successful at corporate, but I haven't gotten to the top of this program yet. So I can't say I'm successful. And it's really like examining those limiting beliefs that you have that feed that poverty consciousness or that prosperity and abundance um, thinking out there. And you can play this game in any area of your life. Like maybe you're trying to improve your health. So are you thinking in poverty around your health? Like, oh, well, you know, this is just my family lineage and, and, you know, everybody in my family gets heart attacks and diabetes. It's like, well, that's poverty thinking. Instead, flip it over to saying, my body is in perfect health. I'm going to treat it that way. I'm going to feed it that way. I'm going to exercise it that way. And do this in your relationships and in your money. Because again, remember, wealth is a multi-tiered function in your life. You can have all the money in the world and have absolutely zero relationships. Mm-hmm. And that's not what you want either. Mm-hmm. But um, I got off on a little rabbit trail there. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's the same thing of like someone offered the business opportunity to you and somebody offered the products to you. And what if they hadn't? Mm-hmm. It really yeah. does go back to the freedom that you mm-hmm. talked about throughout the whole episode in that when you, um, you know, remove yourself from the results. I just told this to the, the quote that says, marry the process and divorce the results. That gives you so much freedom because you are attaching yourself to what they say or what they think or what they're going to do, it doesn't matter because you are doing what you are called to do, what you're supposed to do by leaning into those, into those prompts by God, or whether you just feel like it's right, or, you know, that law of giving and receiving, you're doing the giving part and you're going to receive that back in some way, shape or form. So it just goes back to that freedom. Uh, Once you, once you put that confidence in what you're doing and what you're offering and the service that you're providing, you can just let go of the rest. (laughs) You can. And also let go of the how. And this is going to really blow a lot of people's minds because we are trained from the time we're in kindergarten on how we do things. And how many times have you even said to your own children, well, until you can tell me how you're going to do that, I'm not going to approve it. Stop doing that to your kids. (laughs) Totally obliterating their creativity. And we do it in corporate America. I used to work on capital projects teams. And so we had to prove what the um, the official term was a payback process. So if we invested $20 million, 
how quickly could we receive 20 million plus a certain amount for our risk taking back? Well, we always had to prove the how, and that's part of the, the risk balancing process. But the reality was, is like, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen in five years. I can give some directional guesses. I'm thinking people still want to eat tomorrow. So it's <laughs> pretty good, you know, or they'll have dry skin as long as there's winter and or we live in dry climates like Wyoming um, but you can't predict that and the other thing is is when you tie something to the how or the actual end results you actually slow down the process that money comes to you because you have then defined and said well I can only make money if it comes through such and such the reality is is money can come from anywhere and that's another limiting belief that we have is that money only comes from work work is one place that money comes from. And you absolutely have to work. Like if you don't work with certain things, and I'm not talking about, you know, grueling 90 degree heat, putting in fence or, or, you know, doing that. It, it can come in a lot of different forms of work. But also if you only say it can come from one thing, you absolutely will limit it because money does not come where it's not wanted or valued. And that's where you can go from thinking that money is icky to saying, you know what, if I give money an appropriate value in my life and see it as a very helpful tool for advancing my personal goals and the goals of blessing other people, it is amazing how much money will certainly be flowing into you. Mm -hmm. Goes back to that mindset too. It does. Absolutely. Yes. And like you said, if you see the negative, if you're seeing that, you know, well, I'm not making money in my direct sales business. I never will because I don't, you know, have X, Y, Z skills, then you're totally limiting yourself on your potential. And yeah. like you said, that's not like a, you know, a new agey thing. That's, it's just true because if you're working on yourself, you're going to improve, even if it's slow growth, you're going to improve in some way, shape or form. If you are, if you continue to be coachable, if you continue to respect money and just know that you can make it, you know, whether it takes a year or five years or five months or whatever it is, you know, if you are not letting yourself think that you are limited in how you make money or the ways you make money or all that. So, oh yeah, that's just such great, great stuff to, for everybody to remember because it does come down in direct sales. It does come down to, you know, well, I just, I don't want to do that because I don't want to scam people out of money. Well, if you're looking at it like that, then yeah, you probably shouldn't join a direct sales company because then you are going to, then you're going to, that's how you're going to see it. And people are going to see it like that. But if you look at it as, as providing a service and providing customer care and providing and developing relationships with people and just adding value to their life, then it's going to be a whole different ball game and you are going to see success. It really is. And even if you're struggling to just get started, just start by blessing your business and blessing your customers. Like every day when I sit down to get started on, um, my office hours for that day. And whether this is with my coaching clients or working on Jennifer and I's podcast or um, working on my lemongrass business, or I have multiple sources of income. So I'm always working on something um, is I just bless it. And I always say something like if I'm making lemongrass calls, I'll be like, Lord, thank you for these beautiful people in my life. I don't know what's happening in their life today, but can you add um, some blessing into their life or show me how to be of service to them? And even at times when I get nervous about you know, picking up the phone or texting it, just realizing it. Or honestly, if I'm having a day where I'm feeling a little down about my business or the state of my business, I go back to an affirmation that I have. And it's, and it's I always say, I have a wonderful business in a wonderful way. I provide wonderful service for wonderful pay. 
And that keeps my mindset in, it keeps it light, keeps it easy. And I know that I have wonderful products. I know that I have amazing things to offer people. I know they change lives. And so I feel good about offering those to people. Now, does it mean that every sales call results in a recruit or a sale? No. In fact, I still get a lot of no's as well, but I also realize they're not necessarily saying no to me as a person. They are simply saying not at this time. And if you view a no as not at this time, it completely changes how you see things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A few years ago, at a conference, and I believe you were there. I'm sure you were. We had um, a keynote speaker. It was a couple and they were called, their business is called go for no. And something that has stuck with me since then, ever since then that I share a lot with my team members is there's four S's. Some will, some won't. So what someone's waiting. And that has really changed my perspective because like you said, they're not saying no to you. They're not necessarily, I mean, maybe they are, I don't know, but they're, you, you can't think that they're, they're not saying no to you. They're, you know, you just have to look, you have to, you know, pursue those different no's because sometimes that brings you to a yes. And that those four phrases, those four little phrases have really, really changed my perspective on things because that someone's waiting. So you have to keep going. It goes back to that consistency that we talk about in almost every episode. You just have to keep going and just be encouraged that this isn't the no, isn't the end of your business, you know? Right. Well, or you think about the grocery store, if the grocery store only allowed people in who were going to spend $200. I mean, how many times does somebody walk in just to use the restroom or to buy a dollar piece of of candy bar or gum or a lottery ticket or Mm -hmm. to cash a paycheck and they don't buy any groceries. But I love those points. Again, you want to list those again for someone who was taking notes? Yes. Okay. So if you're taking notes, it's the people are called go for no. I don't remember their names. I just remember that's them. And they're, they had a phrase that they mentioned that they said, you know, just to keep this in mind, some will, some won't. So what with the question mark, someone's waiting. So you have to, it goes back to just removing yourself from the results because you can't, you know, a lot of times people will say, well, I'm just so scared of people rejecting me. You know, you have to, I don't want to say get over that because we all, we all don't, no one likes to be rejected. You know, that's not, I'm not saying that because I don't like that at all. I don't like that feeling. But when you remove yourself from the results and you, you know, you do what you're supposed to do and you uphold your end of the deal, right? You're doing the giving, you're going to get that receiving back, maybe not from that person, but you're going to get it back somewhere. And so you have to just keep putting, you have to keep doing that giving and you're going to get that receiving in some way, shape or form down the road. You will. And I think that's an important point. A lot of times we tend to think it's kind of tit for tat where I gave you something. Now you must give me something. And again, that's not how the universe works and, or God, whatever, however you perceive, I tend to believe that God blesses us. So that's where my frame of reference is. But if you have a different perspective, don't get caught up in the details of that word. Just, you know, go with what works for you. But, um, it's really about saying, um, you know, I gave my best. That's why I always used to tell my team in corporate America was, did you give your best today? You know, maybe you didn't have as good a day as yesterday, but did you give your personal best? Because if you give your personal best each and every time, over time, that just builds this cycle of good. And when that starts to catch some momentum, it totally comes back to you. And it might come in a completely different way. Like, I think about all the good that I gave during corporate America. And then when I left so abruptly because our division closed, it was like, oh my gosh, was all of that a waste? 
And no, none of it was a waste because not only did I make a difference for those customers, but it was amazing how many people in the last four years have just popped up from my past who've said, hey, I'm here to support you this way, or how can I help you? Or I just wanted to tell you, thank you, you made a difference and I noticed, or you know, really amazing little things. Or there's times where God will bring up an opportunity to me now that there's no way I could have orchestrated, but it was because I paid it forward. And so always be giving your best, always do good to whoever you can. That, that is, none of that is bad. And all of that is an alignment with telling um, money that you, uh, that it is welcome here. And not, again, remember abundance is not just money. It's great relationships. I mean, I think about how many amazing people I have in my life. Like I have zero friends I have to block on Facebook or, or drama queens or anything. And sometimes I just stop and think, I'm like, how did I get so lucky to have all these incredible people in my life. And then I, I think, well, you know what? I try to be incredible to my friends. I'm not perfect by any means, and I've screwed up a lot along the way, but I try to really give good things out. And consequently, I have amazing people who come back into my life, and I'm very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. I agree. You are incredible, Karen. You're always <laughs> cheerful and positive every time that I see you and, and that I can be with you. It's always just a joy to talk to you. And so I would agree with that. You oh, are, you do a great you. job. <laughs> so besides, obviously you talked about Dave Ramsey and that's where you got a lot of your training from. Who are some of the experts that you tune into that you like to listen to and learn from? Right. Oh, that's a great question. And I will really encourage all of you guys, if you want more wealth and abundance in your life, shut off the TV and start reading. Um, I personally read between 80 and 100 books a year, um, and some are fiction, some are nonfiction. So I love biographies, especially of successful people. Um, but and it, just start with something that you enjoy. Don't you don't have to do what I do. But the reason that you want to read all the time is because it actually feeds the abundance part of your brain, and it helps open up your creativity, which allows. Um, a lot of good learning to come into. So um, some of my, of course, I love everything that Dave puts out. He's just got some incredible, solid um, advice, like the best stuff that I've worked with on a very practical level. Um, Another um, set of books that I really do enjoy is um, Think and Grow Rich from uh, Napoleon Hill. And for those of you who haven't ventured into the mindset and thinking about money, that is a really amazing book. Um, In fact, one of my mentors, Bob Proctor, he's been reading that book every day for 60 years. Yeah. And you think, wow, how could I really begin to understand more about that? So I really like that particular book. Um, I love the articles that the Proctor Gallagher Institute, um, that's their website is proctorgallagherinstitute.com. And that's where I've studied under, but they have a lot of really great um, articles that they write about um, how mindset works, how money works, how thinking works. And I've just continued to grow in really amazing ways studying under them. I also like um, the Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki stuff. He's got, um, what I really like about him is he often has a completely different um, perspective than Dave Ramsey does. And it makes a really good balance out of people can have different awareness and different perspective. And that's what I would want to suggest to you. Like, just because I work with Dave Ramsey doesn't mean that I only listen to his things. Like you need to broaden your horizons. You need to look at multiple facets of information and where things go um, on that. Probably one of the best investment books I've ever read is Simple Wealth, Inevitable Wealth by Nick Murray. And that book, 
I believe is not a kin, like you can't get it as an ebook. I think you actually have to physically buy that one. And that's a really, that's one of the best investing books. And it's only about maybe an inch thick, super easy for those of us on the ground floor to understand. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm not as big into like, I, I, that's why I have an amazing investment guy who works for me. <laughs> on those pieces. Um, if you want to learn how to um, do some really good sales um, instructions, there's, uh, I really like servant-based selling or servant-based leadership um, for, I would recommend anything by John Maxwell. He's pretty awesome. And Dr. Henry Cloud. He has really fabulous things. He's a Christian psychologist and, and both um, Dr. Maxwell and Dr. Cloud, just practical, but spiritual. Um, Dr. Cloud's book on boundaries completely transformed my life, um, especially with work and money and um, relationships with parents. So super good on that. If you want to learn some great negotiating skills, um, President Donald Trump's book, The Art of the Deal. I read it many, many years ago. It is fantastic. Uh, whether you personally like the guy or not, um, he is a master negotiator. And you can learn some really powerful things from him on how to actually do wealth creating negotiation. Um, negotiating is not, um, again, I win, so you lose. Again, that is poverty thinking. So the master negotiation is creating abundant wealth for both parties through an exchange of value and important um, beliefs. And so really learning how to do that. And reading a negotiating book is really powerful, just simply whether you're actually negotiating say million dollar deals, just knowing how, like how many of us sell something on Facebook marketplace or Craigslist or um, when you're learning to negotiate with your spouse over something, it's just, it's a, a really good skill set uh, uh, to have, but, and I could talk about books for centuries, so I'll leave it there. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I know for real. It's, well, yeah. Reading all that you do throughout the year, that's, you probably have so many recommendations. So one thing I do want to say too, is, is besides these great recommendations that Karen has for different resources and authors and books, she also is a co-host of the Brilliant Horizons podcast. And we had Jennifer Duza on at the beginning of the year and she, which I guess was just a month ago or so. And she uh, talked about developing goals for the new year. And that was a great episode with her. And she is the co-host. Yes. And we, it, I, it was funny because when I talked to Jennifer about interviewing her for the podcast, I said, you know, well, should we do like a three-way interview and do, you know, have you both on the show? And she's like, no, I really think that Karen deserves her own episode because she, she brings just a different expertise to the show. And it's so true. I'm so glad we broke this up into, into two different um, episodes with Jennifer being a guest and then you being a guest because you get, you guys really have so many strengths that we couldn't possibly cram it all into one episode. So I'm glad that we had, we broke that up and had you guys on separately, but she is the co-host for the Brilliant Horizons podcast. It's a leadership and mindset and growth podcast. It's excellent. They just started recently, but it's, it's off to a great start. And I'm glad to have that resource in my life. Oh, and you. she also is like, she has mentioned, she's also a, a, a money coach for um, her own coaching business, which is pure light leadership. And so how can they best reach you if they want to get in touch with you to maybe consider your services? 
Absolutely. And thank you for that. Um, I just, we've had so much fun doing the podcast. Jennifer and I are just, it's such a blast and she is top notch. I tell you what, her goal setting, she is world class in how she approaches that. And, and if you guys haven't listened to that episode, definitely go back there, but um, you can find me um, a couple of different places. So obviously my website is pure light leadership.com and you can email me there or um, Tiffany can probably put my contact information in some show notes that make it a little easier for you to find me. I have a pretty common name, so I'm a little harder to find on Facebook and, and all that, but we'll make sure you have my email and, and contact information there. And of course, um, I'm with Lemongrass Spa. So if you're also looking to join a great sale, uh, direct sales, you can talk to Tiffany or I, we'd both be delighted to help you on your leadership journey. But also if you are a business and you are looking for someone to help, maybe your sales team is really struggling to reach their goals or make calls, um, give me a, um, uh, reach out to me. I, I work with sales teams and help them release limiting blocks so that they can improve and yeah, we'll make sure you have the contact there in the in the show notes. But thank you guys for listening today. Thank you for supporting. And that'd be another thing I would say is turn off Facebook and TV and listen to great podcasts. There's some amazing business podcasts out there now that I really enjoy or just um, podcasts on growth and leadership or experiences. I, I listen to travel ones. I listen to military ones. I listen to world event ones. I listen to business and money. There's just so many good ones out there. Mm -hmm. It's true. And a lot of these authors have podcasts or really good leadership authors, book authors, um, leadership experts, personalities. A lot of people, if you, if they're famous, they probably have a podcast <laughs> So yep, or a YouTube channel or something, yes, something, something. <laughs> so there's so many ways to learn from these experts, but I want to thank you so much, Karen, for being on and sharing your expertise and your knowledge about money and just how we can use it as a tool in our life. It's not, it's not the enemy. It's our friend and we can, and we can really change our mindset and we can really create our own wealth in our life, whether that's through our direct sales business or through relationships or just, you know, through opportunities. So thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom with us today. And I appreciate you being on. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And thank you for being open to abundance and creating abundance for other people by doing this podcast, being a great mom and wife, and then also with your lemongrass business. You're one of the best leaders we have, and I'm just so grateful for you. Karen, that's so sweet. Oh my goodness. I'm like, I'm going to have to turn off recording because I want to start crying, but <laughs> thank you so much. That's really, really sweet of you to say. And it, it truly brings me so much joy and I just love what I do. So thank you so much. I appreciate you so much. Absolutely. Have a great day, everyone. And here's to wealth and abundance. I'd love to keep the conversation going and I'd love to get to know you better. Join our free community group, the Directly Different Collaborative over on Facebook. There you will find like-minded friends from the direct sales industry and you'll be able to ask questions and get feedback on the things you need help with. You'll find a link to the group in the show notes. One more thing. If you know of a person in the direct sales industry that you look up to and admire, and you've always wanted to just ask them all the questions, I would love to chat with them. Shoot me an email with their name at directlydifferent at gmail.com, and they could be a future guest on the podcast. Thanks, guys.